18, Revelation 18. Last week we were trying to do Revelation 17 and 18 and uh, time willing and did not work out. So we're going to hopefully try to get through Revelation 18 here tonight. Real quick, quick recap, if you weren't with us last week, we're talking about religious Babylon and economic Babylon. Now, Babylon, and we talked about this last week, I don't want to repeat everything, but Babylon can be symbolic or it can be literal. You know, Babylon is mentioned in the Bible numerous times as symbolism of the world system, the fallen system, this depraved system that it is. But we also shared an article, and if you want to take a look at that, I can show that to you at last, excuse me, uh, afterwards. An article from the New York Times, they talked about rebuilding a literal Babylon, and we got into that last week. So as you look here at your sheets, we have that focus up there, be it symbolic or literal. Last week was the religious system. We talked about how the Antichrist, even though he will be run and empowered by the enemy, he will not be anti-religious. He will use religion for his purpose. He will use religion for his tool. Once he's done using religion for his purpose and tool, according to Revelation 17, he'll destroy it. So he will use it as a stepping stone to gain power. And then once he's done using religion as his tool, he will then destroy religion or the religious system that is left in this world. And that's what Revelation 17 is about, this false religious system that will be set up after the rapture. Well, what you have here in Revelation 18 is the economic system of the world. That's what's going on. And what happens is this world is focused on materialism. Let's read a couple verses and we'll make a couple points here. Revelation 18, verse 1, it says, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. He cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage forever unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornications. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Boy, that is the earth system right there. The earth system is full of this wealth and this focus on wealth. Um, I like to read articles about finance. A lot of you know that was my background, so I went to school for is finance. I'm always fascinated by this. So I read this article where they had this... Uh, house for sale. I shouldn't call it a house. It was, uh, it was 100 plus million for the house. And so I always find these things fascinating. 100 plus million for this house. And so ran the numbers real quick because that's what I went to school for. And so assuming that uh, you, you bought the house for 100 million, that's what you actually financed. At a little over 4% for the next 30 years, you're going to have a monthly payment of over $333,000 a month. Now, I just find that fascinating to think that someone's house payment per month is over $333,000 a month. I have no idea what the property taxes would be. I would have no idea. And you stop and you look at something like that, the square footage, the, the, all the anonymities, and it's just, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fascinating to look at. But there's a part of you that stops and you say, my goodness, somebody thinks this is a smart investment. Somebody thinks this is worthwhile. Someone thinks that this is needed. And I look at verse 3. All the nations have drunk on the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, with this economic system. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. If you go back and look at history, especially before they became monopoly busters in the United States, and you look back at these late 1800s, the amount of wealth that people had. Unbelievable, the riches that are out there and the riches that people chase. Now, all of us here... I don't think we're going to become multi-billionaires or multi-millionaires, whatever. But it's amazing how we will chase that extra 50 cents an hour at work. It's amazing how we will chase that extra money here and there just to keep up with the Joneses, just to keep doing that type of stuff. And God says it's this 
economic system that's built on money that has to be destroyed. You have to remember what Timothy wrote. Paul, I should say, wrote to Timothy. Money is not evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And this love of money, this system, is going to be judged. Now, and let's build on this a little bit. Go if you will to 1 John, please. 1 John. This money system is going to be judged. 1 John chapter 2, please. What you have in 1 John chapter 2 is almost the prophecy, and what you have in Revelation 18 is almost the fulfillment. 1 John chapter 2, let's pick it up here in verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Pretty simple, straightforward. 1 John 2 verse 15. That word for world is where we get our English word cosmos, and it means the system that the world is. The system that we have in the world is screwed up. There's no way around that. I mean, it's screwed up so bad, that love of money, that focus on money, that greed of money. And the problem is, most of the time that people have the love of money and the greed of money, they don't even realize they have it. They think that's just what people do. That's just, that's just how it is. I mean, I've seen people that are rich by the world's standards, but yet they don't have the love of money. I've seen people with a dollar to their name, and they have a love of money. It's not the amount of money you have that creates it's good or bad. It's, what do you think about it? I've seen people that are very poor that all they think about is money. People that are very rich that money means nothing to them. Do not love the world, the cosmos, this system, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Jesus went one step further says you can't love God and money. You can't do both. Verse 16, all that's in the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father but of this world. And look at verse 17, and the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. It's amazing. No matter how much wealth you build up in this world, as soon as you die, everybody starts from scratch. It's just almost like hitting reset on the computer. It's all gone. And it's amazing how many people spend their whole life going after that extra penny, that extra dollar, and they lose family time, they lose marriages, they lose spouses, they lose joy of living, chasing down this economic materialism. Oh my goodness, it's not worth it. So, Revelation 18 is this economic system that is going to be judged. That's what we're talking about now, is this going to be judged. So what's going to happen? Verse 4. Before it's going to be judged, what does God always do before judgment? Gives a warning and grace. Verse 4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Get out of this. Verse 4 is, is great for us today. Get out of this system. It's just not worth it. It's not worth chasing this down. It's not worth sacrificing all this time with friends and family and just ministry to Christ. It's just not worth it. Jesus talked about this in Luke 17. You don't need to turn there. But he said in Luke 17, he was talking about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. It says right there in verse 28, it says, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Sounds like today. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. God says, just like I judged Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm going to judge the earth. Verse 31, in that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are on the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Simple verse, verse 3 words, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. And that's what it's talking about there, is where's your focus? Jesus said in the end times, he goes, your possessions mean absolutely nothing. Quick verse, remember Lot's wife. Do you remember what happened to Lot's wife? She turned to the pillar of salt. Why? She looked back. If you want to study that out some more, you can, but it's in Genesis 19. They're, they're taking Lot and his daughters and his wife, forcibly taking them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a point that we overlook a lot because they were so tied to that system, they forcibly took it out. Lot's wife turned around, looked back at Sodom, being burned, and she became salt. Now, why did she look back? We don't know. 
I think you can infer she looked back, personal opinion, take it or leave it. Maybe she was missing it. She was longing it. She wasn't ready to go. I don't know. I think about that a lot of times when it comes to the rapture of the church. I'm not saying this thoroughly, but how many people have submitted their feet into the earth? And when the rapture happens, they have to almost be coaxed to get out of here. No way. It, this world system is going to be judged. It's a fallen world system. It's going to be destroyed. The cosmos, God says, you don't want this system. Remember Lot's wife. Don't get yourself so tied to this system. Verse 5. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you. Repay her double according to her works. And the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. The judgment will be very tough on her. Verse 7. And the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Verse 8. Therefore her plagues will come in one day. Death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. One thing that we get out of these passages in verse 8 is the quickness that this is going to happen. It's going to happen in one day. If you look down at your sheets, on point number 2 on judgment, it says time frame of judgment. If you look at verses 10, verses 17, and verses 19, it uses this word one hour. For in one hour your judgment has come, verse 10. Verse 17, for in one hour such great riches come to nothing. And then in verse 19, for in one hour she is made desolate. Now, is that a literal one hour? I don't know. I think it's probably more symbolic of a quickness of judgment that's going to happen. But, but just think about this. Some people have spent decades building up their wealth and their power. It all comes to nothing. Great companies now that we look at and we are envious of, and that's the stock we want to buy, become absolutely nothing. And this, is, this comment has been made many times over. The most precious material in this world of gold is pavement up in heaven. That, that's how God thinks about riches. It's just amazing how the system that we have, and we all do it. We all do it. You know, Don and I just went out and bought a, a, a new vehicle a few months ago. I should, new to us, not a new vehicle. But, and, you, and you sit there and you go in with this mindset of budget. You go in this mindset of this is what we're looking for. But what do they do? They dangle all these pretty nice carrots right in front of you. Just spend a little bit more. Or the same thing when it comes to when we built our house a few years ago. You go in with this mindset of what you just want to spend, but then they dangle all this stuff a little in front of you. It's amazing how when you watch TV, you can afford anything if you just make payments for the next 30 years. I've shared this story with you before, but years ago, Don and I were looking at maybe getting a camper to start doing some camping. And the one guy, I called him up, and he said something about, um, you know, there was a camper here. It was great size, great whatever. And I said, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's, that's more than what we want to spend. I didn't even know the price. I said, that's just more than what we want. We just want a little pop-up, something simple and easy. He goes, well, let me ask you this. He goes, how does 140 bucks sound to you? I said, well, 140 bucks sounds pretty good. He goes, how about 140 bucks a month you can have it. I said, well, for how long? 15 years. No, no, 140 bucks a month for 15 years does not sound good to me. But it sounds easy, doesn't it? I've heard somebody say before, anybody can make payments. But it's amazing, this world economic system, it sucks us in, this cosmos sucks us in, this materialism, this possessions, they use the word luxury, it sucks us in. But in one hour, it's all gone and destroyed. Look at, the, once again, the swiftness of that judgment. It just comes and smoke and burning and fire, it's gone. Now you would stop and think, how does the world handle this? Well, look how the world handles verse 9. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her. Verse 11. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her. Why? For no one buys their merchandise anymore. Does that not just seem crazy? Verse 15. The merchants of these things who become rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of torment, weeping and wailing. And one last one, verse 19. 
They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city in which all who had ships on the sea become rich by her wealth. For in one hour she is made desolate. Is that not the perspective that the world has? That the world is ending. I mean, literally, this is one of those times where you can use the phrase, the world is ending, and the only thing they can think about are their possessions. The only thing they can think about is what they're losing. That's the world system. Now, we look at this and we say, oh, come on, my goodness, that's an extreme case. I think we all know people that are willing to sacrifice their lives, their joy, their family, their marriages, their kids, their ministry in the church, anything for a few extra bucks. They're willing to make that sacrifice. And you look at all that they're losing for what? I mean, it goes back to the widow's might. Or Jesus said when that widow put the might in, she put in more than anybody else. Because she had the eternal perspective. She had the eternal perspective on focus on what really mattered here. So we had religious Babylon being destroyed in Revelation 17. Now we have economic Babylon. This economic world system is going to be destroyed because this is not what God had intended for us as mankind. And that is going to be destroyed. Now, we've got a couple other parts here to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. Anybody have any quick questions, comments about what we've covered thus far? The cosmos, the judgment that's happening, and the things that are going on with that. Yeah, Mark. Right, right. You know, and that's the thing is, what type of focus is that? I mean, that's what type of focus is that at all? I mean, uh, I mean, Rose, you were 30 or 40 in the 20s. Well, I mean, what was that like? <laughs> Jim could have been too, but he won't tell me how old he was. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you would say, too, um, you know, obviously you and I have talked many times over the years about this, that there is a, a sharpening that comes out of focusing on needs rather than wants. And that I think this is what happens a lot of times in the society we live in, is that that idea of needs and wants becomes very blurred, very, very blurred. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sacrifice our future. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is, this, this is all they're going to have left. I mean, this, this, their world is going to be this economic system. I, I firmly believe that during the first part of the Antichrist reign, I, I think the earth is going to be materialistically pretty well off. I mean, can you imagine right now having a world peace where there literally is no war, no economic sanctions, no nothing? This idea of a world system, for, for a while here, this thing is really going to take off and fly. It really is. But it's all going to come crashing down. And, and how is it going to come crashing down? Well, look at the judgment here. We don't know for sure. You see in verse 9, it talks about the idea of the smoke and the burning. Verse 15, they're staying at a distance because of the torment. I, to me, that kind of seems to infer fire, verses 17 and 18. It talks about its burning city there in verse 18 and also in verse 21, it talks about verse uh, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon should be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. You know, I don't know if it's tied into the seventh bowl judgment that we studied in Revelation 16 where it talks about great hail fell from heaven and this idea of the earthquake. We do know whatever type of destruction this is going to be, it, it sounds like it's going to burn to the ground. And it's going to be an utter, total destruction. And once again, I cannot reiterate this point enough, the world will be literally ending in front of these people. And the only thing they can think about are their possessions that are going up in fire. My goodness, my goodness. You know, out here at, at Harvest in the years that I've been the pastor, we've experienced uh, numerous um, fires for people in the congregation, you know, and we've gone over as soon as we've heard, and, you know, the firemen are there putting out the fire, and the family is staying out there. And to a T, every single one of them always says the most important thing is everybody's out and safe. I mean, obviously, I've never experienced something so destructive as a house fire. There is a moment that comes later of, wow, all those memories and possessions are gone, but that initial reaction of everybody's out and safe. Okay. Right here in verses 9 through 20, 
There's not a reaction of, boy, I hope everybody's out of Babylon and it's okay. only thing they're thinking about is everything they lost. That is a non-eternal perspective. That is a fleshly, worldly perspective. What did we just read in 1 John 2, verse 15? The world system is falling away. God said this is what's going to happen. This cosmos, the system, is going to fall away. What's heaven's response to this? You can see at verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. God says it's time to be taken care of. And it goes on and more, and we don't have enough time here, but verses 22 through 24, heaven rejoicing, and even goes into chapter 19, really through the first, oh, about uh, six verses of Revelation 19. This word, if you look here in verse 1, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord. Verse 3, Alleluia again. Verse 4, Alleluia again. And you see this joy going on. Because what happens when this Babylon is destroyed, that really is the last thing that needs to happen, because in Revelation 19, it's the second coming of Christ. And so heaven rejoices over this world system finally being destroyed. Can you imagine, can you imagine going into the, the millennial reign of Christ, or even just the eternities of heaven, without that thought in the back of your mind, man, i got to get up and go to work tomorrow because i got to get that electric bill paid. Or, you know what, i got to get this done. Or, you know what, i got this bill coming. i got this system that we have. We are just totally focused on it. There's no way around that. Be it good, bad, or indifferent, we are focused on the subject of bills and paychecks and paying things. God says that system's going to be gone. And we get to see that economic Babylon, that false system that has dictated the world for centuries, you know, millennium, I should say, is going to be utterly destroyed. So that's the destruction of economic Babylon there in Revelation 18. Any final questions, comments here before we go close up? Now, as always... We like to finish here on, on Wednesday nights. And you've heard me say it every week, and, and don't shut your ears off, please, because you know what I'm going to say. We know it's coming. So if we know it's coming, that means this spurs us on to be the lights and witnesses that God has called us to be, to be that light and witness, to say, I know what's going to happen. I tell you this, for me personally, verse 4 of Revelation 18 is what really hit me, and I thought, what a verse for the church today. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plagues. I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I don't know your heart. You don't know my heart. But just prayerfully seek the Lord and just say, okay, God, has this economic Babylon gotten into my life? Am I making choices based on the almighty dollar rather than choices being based on the well-being of my spiritual walk with Christ, my, my idea of a spouse, my idea of being a godly husband or father, or friendships, church ministry with service, what have you? If so... Verse 4, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plagues. Let's take a step back from that and say, okay, Lord, we don't want to get sucked into this system like everybody else because our system is based on the eternal glories of heaven, what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll let you guys go. Heavenly Fathers, we just come to you tonight. Lord, I just I pray for that. I pray for that for us as a church, for us as individuals, just corporately, that we would never be caught up in this system. Because this system is going to be burned, Lord. What matters most is being lights and witnesses for you. Help our riches to be riches in heaven. Help our riches to be riches towards eternity. Help us to build up treasures in heaven where moth nor rust destroy. Help us to keep that eternal perspective on you in all ways and all that we do. And as the world dangles that carrot in front of us, help us to say no and to keep our heart, mind, and soul focused on you. We lift this up in your name. Amen. Alrighty, you guys have a good week and God bless. And we'll catch you next week.